0: Ethereum is the second largest cryptocurrency by market cap. It's market cap the day of this recording stood at a little over $44.5 billion in comparison to the number one cryptocurrency Bitcoin, which currently sits at over $243 billion. This is over five times the size of Ethereum, but there is a community of people who believe that Ethereum has the potential to overtake Bitcoin as the number one cryptocurrency in the future. Why do they think it's poised to take down the behemoth known as Bitcoin? I will discuss just that in today's episode. Welcome to the Good Samaritan podcast. I'm your host, Jason Jackson. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, handle at Jackson Jason. We're on Instagram as well, the Good Samaritan podcast and our new YouTube channel with the same name. Well, let's get into the show as we discuss more about crypto. welcome to today's show glad to have you guys back with us um, just want to talk some more crypto particularly Ethereum this time around definitely check out uh, our episode on Bitcoin and the blockchain as we kinda of do more in-depth analysis of what the blockchain is But let's get into Ethereum uh, so Ethereum like Bitcoin it utilizes a blockchain and in this case its own blockchain uh, that you know is a public ledger Uh, just like bitcoin it maintains a permanent digital record of transaction it also is it is also decentralized so it doesn't rely on a central authority to maintain or protect it Uh, it also provides the benefit of a trustless framework that allows peer-to-peer transactions uh, without needing to trust a third party or one or for each party in a transaction to have to trust one another in order to conduct a transaction Um, So, for example, when I make a purchase for groceries at the grocery store uh, and I swipe my credit card or debit card, the transaction takes place uh, through a number of intermediaries. Uh, Both banks need to talk to each other. There are processors involved. Uh, There's actually credit card association that is involved with an association. So it goes through a number of layers and different intermediaries uh, to validate a transaction. And as it goes through all those different intermediaries, they all earn fees. Uh, which kind of drive up the cost of just conducting a transaction uh, between buyers and sellers. So as you might already know if you listen to my other show, but in short, you know, the blockchain has the ability to replace intermediaries altogether uh, because of the nature of cryptography, which ensures the security uh, of the transaction ultimately removes all that layer of communication uh, between banks and processors and associations that are currently involved in our current payment system uh, to help settle books so as well because it's you know it's safe to as well it's um, secure and it's immutable because it's saved on a public ledger uh, at, that distributed ledger is distributed over you know hundreds of thousands of computers uh, across the world all with the same ledger so uh, that's a brief kind of a brief description of uh, the the blockchain if you'd like to learn more definitely go to uh, my initial uh, episode on Bitcoin and the blockchain. Today, I want to talk about Ethereum uh, and what really makes Ethereum unique. Uh, their token is Ether, uh, which you go- can go out and purchase uh, just like you can with Bitcoin on different exchanges uh, as a part of any other uh, crypto exchange. Uh, but I went to their website, uh, which you can go to ethereum.org if you want to read the white paper uh, on Ethereum. Uh, but I pulled this straight from the website uh, to kind of give you guys a snapshot of what Ethereum is and what their aim is. Um, so Ethereum, like Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies, uh, is a technology that lets you send crypto to anyone for a small fee. Uh, it also powers applications that everyone can use and no one can take down. Uh, so I got that uh, straight from the, the, uh, the Ethereum.org. Uh, uh, so feel free to go there. Um, but to kind of kick off today's episode and today's conversation, uh, it's that second point uh, that I believe is really key that separates Ethereum for Bitcoin. And that second point being that it also powers applications that everyone can use and no one can take down. Uh, also, that you know, in that they're decentralized. Uh, so as you might know about Bitcoin, and if you don't know, the the two key qualities Bitcoin is known for uh, is its ability to store value as it is deflationary by nature and has a limited amount of supply. Uh, and Bitcoin's aim is really to be a alternative currency and to be a medium of exchange. Uh, so that way you can send, you can use Bitcoin to, you know, as payment for transactions between, you know, buyers and sellers. Ethereum on the other hand, uh, is an open-ended, decentralized software platform, uh, so it allows for the execution of smart contracts in DApps, uh, or what are you know more what are known as decentralized applications to be built on top of it. Uh, this really allows developers to build and run you know distributed applications uh, without the fear of third-party interference. So transactions on Ethereum uh you know may contain executable code and its aim isn't just to you know establish ether as a digital currency digital currency and used as a a medium of payment which it can be used for but also to facilitate and make profitable the operation of the ethereum smart contract as a part of these decentralized applications so let's start there what are decentralized applications or these d apps and what you know what are what is their purpose? Uh, so at the moment, Ethereum is the leading blockchain host for decentralized apps. People in the space view long term that Ethereum will overtake the likes of, you know, Bitcoin and value because of its use case and its scalability, uh, which Bitcoin has been uh, kind of had a big knock against, particularly with its uh, scalability. Some people uh, don't believe Bitcoin will ever be. Um, scalable enough to handle the amount of uh, transactions that happen every day through payments processors, uh, which is a big knock against it at the moment. So there's a push for um, blockchain technology uh, and other tokens are trying to, you know, fill that use case and Ethereum is one vying for that opportunity. So a dApp is a application built on a decentralized network like Ethereum and remember what makes a network decentralized is there's no uh, central authority who controls the network itself it's distributed over a ledger of those computers as i mentioned uh, earlier so no central authority can control the network and these applications are then built on top of this decentralized uh, network The DApps utilize the smart contract, which we will uh, get into in more detail here in today's show. Uh, But for right now, just kind of understanding what smart contracts offer is they're accessible and transparent. So a DApp can even include a smart contract that someone else uh, has written. So it's open for other developers to access. They can uh, create their own smart contracts as a part of the DApp. Uh, which is which is pretty huge the um, back-end code has it you know the the back-end code the way it's explained is running as a decentralized peer-to-peer network uh, so this is in contrast to an app where the back-end code is running on a centralized server um, which is the whole point of it all is to um, not have a intermediary or a kind of supreme power of authority that can control uh, the network or the contracts that go in between the network uh, it also helps reduce the cost of transactions that happen on the network because it's decentralized uh, so a good example uh, of this is actually Yearn finance uh, which is uh, one of the d apps that got that has become popular this year uh, on the ethereum blockchain uh, it's a part of the it's been a part of the DeFi boom for the year uh, and it's Basically, a distributed system of electronic financial instruments that uh, really provide access to lending services on the blockchain. So, decentralized finance services kind of, I want to see, kind of, they eliminate uh, intermediaries uh, in the case of a app, like Yearn Finance, its banks, lenders, uh, escrow uh, companies, et cetera, and instead allows. Borrowers to directly use the funds of investors who earn an interest on that money, and you can, you're able to do this through the implementation or the execution uh, of a smart contract. So you really don't need the bank or lender to be the intermediary, uh, because it is executed through code uh, via a smart contract through a decentralized application. Uh, if that makes sense, another good example uh, is if you know anything about the current exchanges. Uh, out there are the most popular ones. So in America, I believe Coinbase is the most popular exchange for cryptocurrencies where you can you know buy uh, cryptocurrencies, uh, which I currently use as kind of an on-ramp to get into crypto. Um, you will notice that as the intermediary, they make a lot of money uh, on fees. Um, if you uh, buy you they do allow you to buy um, different tokens straight up there's usually a significant fee especially on their 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 uh, their general platform uh but if you use Coinbase pro uh you still end up you know paying a a much larger fee if you want to buy straight on you, you know converting usd to bitcoin or ethereum um or you can reduce that fee significantly if you use ach uh but the problem with ach uh and the whole um beauty of cryptocurrencies is is the time so if you know anything about ach it can take uh you know three to five days for your money to process because it goes through so many intermediaries to settle books um that that's been the whole beauty of crypto and one of the things it offers is that it's instant payments uh you don't have to rely on intermediaries to uh, execute um and the settling of books to move money around, especially in 2020, because you can today's day, in today's age, you can get information instantly. Uh, but money still moves so slow, uh, which is one of the use cases for all of crypto uh, is that it's just cheaper uh, and faster. Uh, so ultimately, I bring up Coinbase because uh, one of the top decentralized ex- exchanges or DEXs uh, as they're. Uh, short-term known for in crypto is instead of having a intermediary like coinbase to exchange tokens where the intermediary takes uh, absorbent fees to conduct transactions uh, on uniswap uh, it actually is given to the um, liquidity providers which can be anyone uh, on the platform so if you you know uh, put money or not just put money, put your tokens in a liquidity pool. Uh, the, li- the people who put their money in the liquidity pool are the ones who earn the fees. And because of the nature of the uh, of the decentralization of the network, the fees are pretty low. But it allows the people to earn uh, interest by providing their tokens uh, to allow for these swaps opposed to a centralized figure you know, earning all of the interest and fee or not the interest earning the uh, money from the fees to do all of the transactions, the millions of transactions that happen every day. Uh, So that's a really cool thing about uh, D apps is, is decentralized. It allows more people to participate. If you want to provide liquidity, you can uh, have the opportunity to earn fees. And anyone has that opportunity uh, as an investor opposed to uh, a centralized authority or a small group of people better yet to earn all the money off of the exchange uh, of cryptocurrencies, one from the other. So those are two, uh, two really good examples of how, of, of a couple of decentralized applications. Uh, overall, what you, well, I hope you get a sense of why it's so early is that, uh, ultimately it will, it will change the world because, um, It aims to replace these centralized uh, authorities in all sectors and all industries uh, and which will, you know, in my opinion, uh, benefits the people. When I say the people, I mean the people of the world, because you're able to uh, distribute wealth more evenly if you're uh, more willing to participate. It puts more it puts power in more people's hands than. Uh, a small group of people being able to capitalize on a on an opportunity uh, and circumvents a lot of things and ultimately just changes uh, the rules of the way a lot of things uh, work. If you look at your finance and the potential of what any uh, decentralized finance app could be down the road, if you know anything about investing in America, uh, you have to a lot of the best deals or the best time to get in on the ground floor of a company is only available to what we know as accredited uh, investors uh who have very high incomes or or have a million dollar worth. they're typically in the top one percent of the population who can even have the opportunity to invest in a very you know a very young microsoft or a very young facebook uh, or a very young apple uh decentralized finance Uh, Brings the opportunity, if you believe in a company, it gives you the opportunity to invest in it, uh, opposed to where now you you might not be able to be a venture capitalist uh, because of the way the rules are set up, because everything's run through a central authority. And in this case, in the use case of DeFi, uh, it can change all of that. uh, And there's no central authority who can prevent it uh, if it becomes uh, massively adopted. Uh, if if that makes sense. So those are a couple of great examples and kind of my opinion on why it's a, such a big deal and a big a new technology that's on the uh, on the horizon. Okay, so let's delve deeper into what actually a smart contract is. So a smart contract is in a nutshell a small program that's stored in a blockchain. Uh, the beauty of that also, it actually exists kind of in its own bubble on the blockchain, so it can't impact the blockchain. Say, if there's a bug inside of the smart contract, uh, it doesn't impact the function of functionality uh, of the blockchain, which means it doesn't impact the other smart contracts uh, that exist on the, the blockchain. Um, but smart contracts are, are just like the, the typical tr- contract you would enter into today, um, they allow you to exchange property, they allow you to exchange money, shares, or anything valuable uh, securely and transparently. Uh, the key to remember with smart contracts, though, is you don't need a middleman, as I kind of mentioned before, uh, the beauty of you know, decentralization. Uh, this tr- transformative technology uh, known as smart contracts really has the ability to replace some of the most powerful companies and industries uh, in the world hence the political campaigns around crypto uh with views on one side or the other uh which i which i would say is a a good example of you know what happens with every significant techno technological uh advancement it actually makes me think of the story uh of blockbuster and netflix um which everyone kind of knows what happened at the end for for Blockbuster, but if you kind of if you go back to the actual happenings and what was going on during the time, uh, did you actually know in 2000? So the year 2000 or 20 years ago, uh, then CEO John Antioco was approached by CEO and co-founder of Netflix, uh, Reed Hastings, about forming a partnership uh, right here in the city of Dallas, Texas. So the CEO uh, at the time, a Blockbuster, and the CEO. Uh, and co-founder uh, Reed Hastings of Netflix, uh, met right here in Dallas, Texas uh, to to kind of discuss a potential partnership for Netflix to be Blockbuster's online servicer. Uh, and it's it's a really interesting how that meeting went down. So in the interview with Barry McCarthy, uh, the CFO for Netflix from 1999 to 2010, was quoted as saying, Reed had the chutzpah to propose to them that we run their brand online and we run their brand in the stores. And then they just about laughed us out of their office. This was a quote from uh, Barry McCarthy, uh, then CFO of Netflix. Netflix is currently valued at $213.9 billion at the time of this recording Uh, And as you all know, Blockbuster has uh, been long and gone and defunct. Um, It's a key point to kind of make about today. Uh, And really, if you look throughout history, whenever there's a a new technological advancement, it always goes up against the previous um, the previous large companies who control the market. Uh, And typically the people in those companies Uh, are kind of unable or initially always ignore uh, the uh, potential of a new technology almost until it's too late. Uh, Barry McCarthy was also quoted as saying, you know, in reference to regarding the interaction, uh, that it was a classic case of innovators dilemma, um, where he was quoted as saying, you end up competing with the business that you initially uh, ignored. And I bring up the example because cryptocurrency just may be involved uh, in the same example with a number of powerful forms and intermediaries uh, who initially ignored them. And even today, I would say are, are still ignoring them. But you're you're seeing a much different um, you're seeing a much different narrative uh, today here on Oct- or November 1st of 2020 uh, compared to even just five years ago. So back to smart, really just back to smart contracts and how they work. Uh, I wanted to give that example just because it was um, a lot of insights there. I'm actually going to do a a, a few episodes on Innovator's Dilemma, uh, but I thought it was really eye opening. And I, I'm sure everyone these days knows Netflix uh, and how they've um, left Blockbuster behind. But I mean, they've gone all the way on to streaming Blockbuster um, it was late to the game. I remember they tried to start delivering uh, uh, movies to your home when Netflix had already been doing that for years and had you know moved on to streaming. And Blockbuster just just couldn't couldn't catch up. Uh, and I I would say there's a there's a potential for this to happen to other uh, large firms or power firms or intermediaries uh, because it may be quote unquote too late for them to catch up and. Uh, As some of the tweets that you might have seen from me or some of the uh, information I posted on Instagram about central bank uh, distributed currency or digital er or central bank, central bank digital currencies. um, A lot of countries are now trying to catch up. Uh, It looks like um, China may be out, you know, out ahead of the U.S. It looks like that may be clear because it doesn't look like we have anything really prepared as of yet. Uh, but all of that will change very swiftly and very quickly and that will mean a lot for the cryptocurrency market but anyway uh back to smart contracts and really how they work a a smart a contract is created between you know two party two parties and both parties you know remain anonymous Uh, the contract is then stored on a public ledger Um, some triggers or events are you know codified into the contract. So, ie you know payment deadlines a percentage of the uh, purchase price for example if you were buying a home uh, if you, you could codify really any anything uh, into the smart contract that uh, needs to self execute uh, per the written code so you essentially kind of set rules of how you want the smart contract to operate um, and because it's on a public ledger you know regulators and users can Uh, analyze all the activities uh, to verify uh, the the smart contracts execution Um, so when you're looking at smart contracts and say you you kind of like I said you go back to using examples to really understand how this can impact your life Um, you all know how I I love uh, real estate as a a vehicle for investment Uh, so it's a little easier to understand if we kind of look at it from a real estate perspective so imagine you're in the market to buy a rental property or a primary home so if you have bought or sold a home before it involves a real estate agent escrow services uh, multiple blank banks obviously the buyer and seller uh, banks have to discuss and approve uh, and then there's just a ton of paperwork uh, it's best to go with the real estate agent just because of how you know complicated uh, and the hassle of buying and selling a home is, and as you all know, real estate agents take, I believe, between four and six percent um, of the sale of a home. Uh, it's usually why they command a high percentage of the total sale because um, of all the hassle that comes with buying and selling a home. As I mentioned, all the paperwork, uh, the offering uh, of purchase prices, and negotiations. Uh, et, cetera, et cetera, as well as with escrow services. So, this is where smart contracts can really shine uh, as the technology solves for needing, or the technology solves for not needing a middleman, uh, like the real estate agent in this example, or uh, the escrow company, um, because there's an issue with trust between buyers and sellers. That's what intermediaries uh, ultimately offer uh is a trusted um um way of operating uh and taking care of transactions for buyers and sellers all this is around trust can i trust you to follow through uh, on the contract or the agreement uh, that we made what the smart contract does is is it codifies uh, that agreement uh, and puts it on a blockchain where everyone can see it Uh, and all of the rules can then be codified in the uh, in the smart contract Um, so for example you can codify the purchase price of a house so uh, say I come to an if I want if I want to come into an agreement uh, as a seller of my home to another buyer uh, and we come to the agreement of a $300,000 price point on the house that they will pay, uh, we can codify that into the smart contract and put it on the blockchain. And once that rule has been fulfilled, the smart contract will execute uh, itself. For example, what I mean by execute is uh, now that the, uh, that agreement has been maintained, both parties agree that uh, smart contract executes, Uh, The money uh, is then transferred uh, from the buyer to the seller and then the seller would then transfer what the keys and the title uh, to the to the buyer and all of these rules can be codified into the smart contract. If just one of these rules is not met, uh, the smart contract will not execute. It will only execute uh, uh, when all of the rules or the codified uh, agreements within a smart smart contract have been uh, fulfilled and because all of this is done through technology and through the smart contract you don't have to really rely on those intermediaries uh, as I mentioned before um, because their their services are, are kind of a moot at that point because all of all of the all of what they did provide is not being executed through the smart contract Why is this a big deal? Well, if you get if the real estate agent is no longer part of the process, for example, um, you save a a good amount, a good amount of money. Um, um, You're talking thousands and thousands of dollars. You're talking millions or even billions of dollars over um, the thousands of transactions or millions of transactions that might happen over the world. And this is just one instance. Overall, it reduces the cost. Uh, for buyers and sellers to engage in transactions uh, because the technology is able to uh, stand in place uh, as that trusted source between the buyer and seller, whereas currently uh, we utilize uh, intermediaries. So that's pretty much uh, smart contracts in a, in a nutshell on how they work and how they operate. Um, it's really a, just a, a great way to kind of understand how Peer-to-peer or people-to-people can engage in transactions without using, for example, the maze of payment gateways as within the archaic, you know, ACH system uh, that exists. So, just like when you go buy groceries at the grocery store and you swipe your card, um, it involves a lot of parties uh, in between to get that transaction to execute. Um, and we just believe in today's uh, technology and the things that we have available. Um, to us these days, we can do it a lot faster and a lot more uh, efficient and a lot less costly. Uh, if you know anything about ACH, it usually involves an originator, an ODFI, ACH operator, RDFI, all of which you know are paid uh, as money is transferred, just so that you can send a hundred dollars to someone else, uh, whether in the same city, the same uh, country uh, or a different country Uh, it has to pass through a lot of hands and because of that inefficiency uh, you know it costs money to to pay all these other other uh, groups and it's a lot uh, more cost effective uh, to utilize blockchain technology and cryptocurrencies uh, instead so let's really summarize the benefits of having decentralized application there's really zero downtime Uh, once a smart contract is deployed on a blockchain it will always be there to serve clients Uh, looking to interact with that contract. Uh, It offers privacy. You don't need to have a real world identity to interact with the decentralized application. Uh, It offers resistance to censorship uh, as there's no single entity that controls the network or can block users from uh, submitting transactions on the network uh, because it is decentralized. And it offers uh, complete data integrity. So because the data stored is on a blockchain, which is immutable uh, and indisputable, uh, thanks to the operations of uh, cryptography, uh, people can't really forge transactions on it. Uh, as you know, with a decentralized network, uh, the transactions are on a, a ledger that is maintained by thousands of computers uh, and just the amount of effort it would need to You know for a malicious actor to take over one computer and change that one ledger where there are still thousands of other computers uh with the ledger that has not been changed so that's that's the one of the barriers against um data being hacked uh, because it is distributed uh, and it is the same um, data on the network it's immutable as well you can't delete it uh, because even if you deleted it on a hundred computers again there's still thousands of computers that still have uh, the blockchain saved uh, on this distributed ledger. And then, uh, really, just trustless computation or verifiable behavior. Uh, smart contracts can be analyzed and are guaranteed to execute in predictable ways because of the code, the way they're uh, written. Um, they execute based on whether those rules are met, as I mentioned before. So, you don't really need the trust of a central authority to approve or disapprove. Uh, transactions because it's written in the contract the smart contracts uh, of a decentralized application uh, so that's really what uh, those benefits are when you really kind of sum up of of why decentralized applications uh, can can really be a benefit to society as it creates more efficiency uh, more privacy it's it's well protected uh, and it allows people to interact peer-to-peer because of the decentraliz- decentralized decentralized, Uh, concept that the blockchain uh, provides. And to really summarize this episode and to kind of conclude with Ethereum, uh, Ethereum's vision is really to just decentralize the internet, really by creating a platform where applications can be built and run on a decentralized network. Uh, So it's a bit faster and more flexible without the limitations that you might find with the Bitcoin protocol. Uh, Pretty much what Bitcoin does for payments and how people engage in transactions, Ethereum pretty much does for anything that can be programmed. So smart contracts and actually building in rules and a protocol or smart contract that can be executed opposed to just being a a digital uh, currency uh, where people can use to interact. Uh, But you actually can build on top of Ethereum um, and build different decentralized apps. Uh, I didn't really get into Ether, so I'll kind of summarize Ether. Ether is simply the native token for Ethereum. Uh, it really only has uh, two two really key uses. Uh, it re- first, it requires applications to pay Ether for every operation they perform. Uh, so broken or malicious programs are kept from really running out of control on a network. And then, secondly, Ether is given as a reward to those who contribute their resources. Uh, to the decentralized network so you're rewarded with uh, ether when you participate uh, in the ethereum blockchain uh, so those are really a couple good things to to kind of discuss with eth uh, ethereum 2.0 is supposedly uh, on the horizon though that has been pushed back many times I think with the uh, one of the realizations with crypto this year is the amount of um, not just I won't say popularity, but the amount of demand. I think more people are becoming in to know about crypto, including myself. Uh, I think I've known about Bitcoin for a while, but I hadn't really uh, dived into the use cases for crypto. Uh, and with the current environment, with uh, with central banks continuing continuing to print and the uh, amount of debt in the country, for example, in America, uh, people are starting to get concerned of uh, what that will mean for the future and where do we really go from here. Uh, as we're kind of caught in this uh, debt downward spiral of printing money going in, continue to create more debt uh, and continue to mess with the, the money supply and really the value uh, of money. Uh, so more people started to get into crypto. They really drove up a lot of prices uh, this year, though, the use cases and what we actually the technology uh, hasn't really caught up to what people expect to see from crypto yet. Uh, but Tom will. Only it it will take time to really uh, grab mass adoption uh, for these new technologies and what they can really provide and do for us in our in our day to day uh, lives. And as developers continue to work and build and create uh, more programs to be run on uh, Ethereum in the future. Uh, So what you know, kind of what will Ethereum be used for uh, on that point? Uh, Services that are traditionally You know, centralized can be decentralized using Ethereum. I gave a couple of great examples with uh, Uniswap and Yearn Finance. Um, But even think about companies like Uber or eBay uh, without that company in the middle really collecting fees. One of the big issues you kind of discern with uh, Uber is it's really hard for the drivers to make money uh, because you have uh, this central authority in the middle. Uh, you know utilizing the technology as an asset to you know drive money uh, for the company with a decentralized uber for example if that can be built on the blockchain if developers can uh, make that work which i'm sure they can uh, you don't really need the home uber you can have peer-to-peer so on the blockchain you could you know, hopefully be able to utilize in the future, getting hailing a ride in real time and be able to work that out with the, the driver instead of having to go through, say, the, the Uber uh, centralized platform where they're able to acquire those fees. Uh, so that's really the big use case for Ethereum and why I'm really bullish on it. Uh, personally, I do own uh, Ethereum to to be candid um, and to be honest about uh, some of my holdings in crypto. Uh, but I think uh, overall, you can look at Ethereum, at least right now, is being uh, the leader uh, in when it comes to uh, decentralized applications being built on their their blockchain. Now, are they the only uh, are they the only group and company out there making that? No, they are the leader. Uh, I also do own some Polkadot, which is a challenging uh, Ethereum, though it's new. You have some other uh, platforms, I believe, as well as Cardano. In uh, Neo, who are also, uh, you know, gauging and jockeying for uh, the position uh, to have these these apps built uh, on top of them, that brings in customers eventually uh, down the road. So definitely keep an eye out. Uh, but I'm glad you all came to join for today's episode. Uh, definitely bullish on crypto. I am going to have uh, more episodes regarding crypto and other um, cryptocurrencies that are out there. So far, I've done bitcoin in the blockchain this is now ethereum uh in the blockchain Uh, but i look forward to doing those shows and you guys joining me for those shows Uh, but as always no matter where you are on your financial journey always take the time to be a good samaritan peace oh and i almost forgot definitely uh follow me on instagram at the good samaritan podcast i'm also on twitter at jackson jason uh, and also the good samaritan podcast on the youtube channel so check us out Have a good day.